The Bears beat the Commanders on Thursday Night Football. Did we give up on Justin Fields too soon then? We get into every single Week 5 game preview and prediction. All this is coming up next on The House Call. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Gridiron segment here at House Call Sports. I'm here with Sammy and Lawrence. My name is Matt. And before we recap Thursday Night Football and preview every single Week 5 game, I want to give a shout-out to the sponsor of this video, and that is Lids. Lids Lids.com. It's the number one place for all teams, all styles, all brands. Obviously, you've got hats, there's jerseys, there's shirts, there's all so much more from official leagues and brands. They ship free to any store or on $50 orders online. They've got new codes up every day because they're trying to send you, they're trying to save you some money. Excuse me. And I can't even tell you how many hats I've got from Lids in my life. Their brick and mortar store in the Fifth Avenue Mall in Anchorage, Alaska was a staple of my childhood and their website is now a staple of my adulthood. So hit the link in the description to get your favorite team's favorite gear at Lids. Lids, any team, anytime, anywhere. Now, Let's talk some Thursday night football as Justin Fields and DJ Moore put on an absolute show in Washington as they pulled off a dominating upset over the commanders by a score of 40 to 20. We saw Justin Fields had around 280 yards, four touchdowns and zero INTs. And almost all of those yards and touchdowns went to DJ Moore, who had eight grabs for 230 yards and three touchdowns. Then I was facing him in another fantasy league where I was undefeated going into the week and I'm already chalking up an L for this week. But there was lots to talk about before because the last two weeks, there was lots to talk about Justin Fields, about how he wasn't that guy. And the last two weeks, he's really balled out. So, Lawrence, I'm going to go to you first on this one, man. First of all, give me your takeaways from Thursday Night Football. And then second of all, did we give up on Justin Fields too soon? I mean, first of all, I had the, the commanders winning that game. You know, I don't think anyone can blame me for that take. You know, Bears have been all-time bad to start the season. But to be honest... I'm also not entirely surprised they got the win. I'm surprised they won by 20. I'm surprised they put up 40 points. But, you know, I I never been here for the Justin Fields slander. I think he's a young quarterback that has proven he he, you know, he has something about him that's different. Um and you know, him putting up 40 points, it was I think it was about time they clicked as a team. Um but, you know, you see the offensive potential there. 40 points is, is, is nothing insignificant. Um, obviously, I think a lot of that comes down to him finally getting on the same page with DJ Moore. I mean, they make that trade with the number one overall pick. That was a massive piece of the puzzle for that trade. Uh, and for good reason. He's a great receiver. Um, it's just up until now, he's not been a factor in the Bears' offense. Um, so I think it's 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 it's, it's actually kind of nice to see the Bears finally put out a decent showing what was on track to be one of the worst seasons they're ever going to have um, I mean I was I was contemplating saying the Cardinals were better until that game um, so I, I think it was really really good to see Justin Fields finally actually get some points on the board finally kind of make some moves that silences some of the critics uh, the question to me is you know before we start saying oh Justin Fields is is no longer a bust he needs to put games like that in a row you need to start putting them together you can't it's not good enough in this league to have one game where you put up 40 and the rest of the game where you put up five you know he needs to start putting games like that in a sequence start playing at a higher level which he clearly can do against the washington defense or washington team actually which you know isn't let's let's not be honest let's be not let's not lie it's not exactly a bad team yeah they got a bad qb and sam howell or at least a young qb and sam howell um 
Washington are a team that's trending up. Bears look like they're a team trending down, but after that game, who knows? Justin Fields might be their guy. He might not be. There's still a lot to be proven. Um, but 40 points is 40 points, and he's played well in that game. He's done well for himself. Yeah, he certainly, uh, obviously, the last two weeks, like you said, Lawrence, he's got to start stacking up cons- more consistent performances, and we've seen it from him the last two weeks. The first three weeks wasn't, you know, wasn't so great. Obviously, even last week, he had a couple of, you know, bad bad plays towards the end of that game. But, you know, the last two weeks, he's looked really, really solid. So, uh, shout-out to Justin Fields, man, especially with all the hate. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's you can, you can see he's got that good athletic character to where he can bounce back. So, Sammy, I'm going to you, man. Same questions. Give me your takeaways from Thursday Night Football, and did we give up on Justin Fields just a little bit too soon? Well, I think we had every right to start questioning Justin Fields because of how he was playing. And two things can be true at once. The offense was letting Justin Fields down. Fields himself wasn't playing very well the first couple of weeks. That's not the case anymore. That's not the case the last two weeks, actually. Look, Justin Fields is playing like the QB we expected him to play like coming into this season. Now, with all this being said, like I said, two things can be true at once. Justin Fields had a phenomenal game. DJ Moore was smoking that Washington commander secondary. And that commander secondary, you watch the tape, it looks bad. It looks really, really bad. I mean, last week last week against AJ Brown, they couldn't they couldn't handle him. And now this week against DJ Moore, somebody of a, a similar receiver to AJ Brown, they couldn't handle DJ they couldn't handle him. So it's like at, at some point, I think Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator, have to figure something out, right? Like, they have to because this front four is not getting enough pressure to where they can bail out the secondary, unfortunately, right? Chase Young isn't playing exactly, you know, to the level that we expect of him. Of course, Jonathan Allen is Jonathan Allen. Like, he's a really good player. But with that being said, this commander's defense isn't living up to the expectations that we expected him. And Justin Fields, man... This is Justin Fields. This is what we expect now. This I, I expect this kind of game. I expect DJ Moore to get a bunch of targets. I expect him to like throwing to his tight end, Cole Komet. I expect this for the rest of the year. And if it doesn't happen, somebody's going to get fired. Somebody has to Somebody has to bite the bullet. Because this we just saw the full potential of this Bears offense. And it took us, what, five weeks to experience mm-hmm. that? Well, technically four, because last week it looked really good, right? So... We, we need to see this more consistently. I want to see it against a better defense. I don't know who exactly they play next week. I, I got to check. But my goodness, like, if this is the offense that we can expect and the defense is getting a strings of stops, man, I, I think this Bears team can surprise a lot of people. But again, like, it's the Bears. And I, I, I can't expect as much from them. Go ahead, man. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, Sammy, obviously we saw, I mean, again, this is the new standard for Justin Fields. We saw so many flashes last game. That throw in the corner to DJ, the, the, the touchdown, the second touchdown pass to DJ Moore where he's fading away and he lost the ball over the DB perfectly, more toe taps in the corner of the end zone. Like that's an elite level throw. And we see that from Justin Fields a lot. He can make elite level, high level quarterback throws. And the problem is, like you guys both mentioned, it's just not consistent. So now we got to be able to see that more consistently. And if he can do you know he can pass the way he's been the last couple of weeks along with along with his obvious rushing talent like he's gonna be he's gonna be exactly what everybody projected him to be after last year which was you know one of the 10 best quarterbacks in football he's not that now but he certainly could develop into that obviously and don't get me wrong like sammy mentioned the first three weeks, Justin Fields was not great. It, obviously, the situation he's in is not great, but he also played horrible himself. But 
like you mentioned with the situation, Sammy, the O-line is terrible. The defense is not good. And the entire coaching staff is not good, in my opinion. Like the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach, it's a bad combination for Chicago right now. And all the weapons outside of DJ Moore aren't great either. Like they don't have a great run. They don't have a couple great running backs. Their running backs are solid. Their tight ends are okay. The rest of the receivers are okay, but they're not, you know, they're not anything that you're like, oh, like these guys are super special or anything like that. Hence why... You saw, you know, Justin Fields yesterday just be like, fuck it. You know, DJ Moore's out there somewhere. You know, I'm just going to throw it to him. You know, basically all of his yards uh, passing went to DJ Moore. And uh, by the way, a stat on DJ Moore as well. DJ Moore through five weeks this year has 531 receiving yards. That's only 13 fewer than the Bears leading receiver had all of last year in 12 less games. That is insane. But the point is... Fields can still be a franchise quarterback. I don't know if that's going to be for Chicago or not, depending on what pick they get in this draft, because they obviously have Carolina's number one overall pick, who's or Carolina's pick who would be number one overall right now because they're the only winless team in football. And I mean, if you get the number one overall pick, you pick Caleb Williams, in my opinion, because he's generational, obviously still in my opinion. But if you get another high pick, to do something similar like you did last year to continue, you know, continue to build around Justin Fields and, you know, trade a high pick to get more assets. I think that's something that you could do and get a new damn coaching staff to give him a legit shot because goddamn, those guys are just not very good. So, but the Bears, obviously they showed some flashes. So like we guys talked about, they got to be more consistent. We got to see, we got to start seeing it more consistently from the Chicago Bears offense because they certainly showed some flashes in Thursday night football against the commanders. But Let's get into these week five predictions. And again, we got a guy from the UK on the show, so we might as well start in London. Big time matchup in London as the Jags play there for the second straight week. This time in a much tougher test against the Buffalo Bills who just dominated Miami last week by four touchdowns. So Sammy, I'm going to you, my friend. Jacksonville versus Buffalo, who you got? I mean, the, the Jags might as well relocate over there, right, Lawrence? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what? Are, why are they in Jacksonville? Like, seriously? Anyway, look, I feel like the Bills are way too hot right now to, to slow down. I mean, Jacksonville, they're 2-2, two and two, but let's face it, they've gone, they've been up to, a, they've been very disappointing coming into this game. I mean, losing against the Texans, who I think that, granted, I think the Texans have been very impressive. We'll get to that in a second. But I just think that the Jaguars, for how they came into the season, right, favorites, like clear favorites to win the AFC South, they've started off a bit flat, and now you're going up against the the team that just blew out a really, really hot Dolphins team, right, with an electric offense that they were able to stall. I don't know how Jacksonville's offense is going to be able to fare, not to mention the defense of Jacksonville isn't anything to really, you know drop your dry so i think the bills win this one pretty comfortably um and i think jacksonville is going to have an uphill battle trying to win this division yeah like you said i mean the whole afc south right now is two and two they've all showed kind of flashes of being solid teams and they've all kind of showed flashes of being slightly overrated and kind of showing their youth so yeah that's going to be an interesting uh interesting situation for jacksonville for sure but lawrence i'm going to you man this one's obviously in your backyard who you got you got the jags you got the bills yeah, in my backyard. You know, I was there for the last London game. Got the flag up there, right behind me. Um, you know, it was an electric atmosphere. Um, Jags fans were pumping. They're always ready for it when the Jags come to London. Um, and, you know, you can talk about, you know, home field advantage. You know, yeah, it's not in Jacksonville, but London is very much their town. Mm-hmm. Um, difference is, you know, this week they're not playing the Falcons, they're paying the Bills. And, yeah. like, like I was just said, the Bills are the hottest team in the league right now. They're probably, in my opinion, 
uh, a top two team in the league right now, behind maybe only San Fran. Um, you know, they played really well against Miami, um, blew them out. Um, in actually, in a, in a fashion that wasn't entirely surprising to me. Um, the Jags' defense, I think, is better than the Dolphins. Um, and, and for that reason, I think it's going to be a closer game than the, the Bills' Dolphins was. Um, but it's also the way the Jacksonville played Falcon, the Falcons last weekend. It was it, it was not as close as the score I suggest. The, the Jags came into halftime up by a lot and just ran the clock out in the second half. Um, that game could have gone ugly for the Falcons. The Jags mercy ruled them essentially by just trying to cheat the clock. Um, so I think this game is going to be entirely different to the last game. I mean, last last week we talked a lot about, you know, it's their home ground. London loves Jags. They're going to carry them to a win. This week, I don't know if it's going to make that much of an impact because the Bills will also have a pretty significant showing there on Saturday or, or Sunday as well. Um, so I, I had the Bills winning this game. You know, the Jags have been underwhelming. I had them as a top 10 team starting the season. Um I don't think I'd put them in the top 10, but they're not far off. You know, they're still a team that has a lot of the pieces to the puzzle. I think they have a very underrated defense. And when they, they when they start get going, both sides of the ball, I think they're going to shoot up a lot of power rankings because they have the pieces. Trevor Lawrence played really well last weekend. Um, he's obviously a, a home run of a draft pick. You know, everyone knew he was going to be that guy. He had a rocky start to the season under um, Urban Meyer unsurprisingly now he's got a good head coach he is the kind of the quarterback they always thought he was going to be um is that enough to beat the bills for me you know the bills and the jags aren't a million miles apart the bills are on the decline i think that's pretty evident they're losing pieces of the puzzle um we were talking about earlier about the head coach in my opinion he's on the hot seat a little bit this year they haven't got anything to show for their kind of their tenure at the top of the AFC East and as one of the best teams in the league. And they're falling apart a little bit. I think, you know, the output in a couple of seasons' time might not be there. But it's about this weekend and the Jags couple maybe a season away from actually being the better team. But this weekend, I think the Bills take it. They're better than them, the Jags statistically in, in every major category. Uh, right now and obviously after that massive win against the Dolphins they're going to be they're going to be really up for it you know they, they probably just realised their potential last weekend uh, and I think they're playing at a higher level this year um, so I think the Bills win it um, but I don't think it's going to be as much of a blowout as it was last week for them I think they're going to get tested more than the Dolphins tested them purely because I think the Jags defence is actually um, significantly better than the Dolphins defence Um but yeah, it's going to be a great game. It's a probably, you know, the matchup of the week, in my opinion. I mean, I'm looking down the rest of the schedule. Mm. This is the game that stands out to me. It's two teams that are in the conversation for the playoffs. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they play again later this, later this year, in February. Yeah, uh, for matchup of the week, in my opinion, that's uh, Cowboys-Niners. I think that's going to be the matchup of the week, uh, especially on Sunday Night Football. Uh, but uh, this is going to be a fun matchup, no doubt. Unfortunately, I will be asleep for it because it starts at 3.30 a.m. my time, and I refuse to wake up at 3 a.m. on the weekends because I do it every day during the week, so I'm not doing it on Sunday. Uh, but I think Jacksonville has a little bit of an advantage here. I mean, it's basically a home game for them, like you guys were talking about. And I am uh, I disagree with you a little bit, Sammy. I like their defense. Uh, they, I think their defense has been playing pretty well this year. They held the Chiefs down pretty well. They obviously 
showed out last week against Atlanta as well. So uh, their offense is still trying to find their rhythm as well. So I think this will be a close one, but Buffalo is just too good. I mean, they'll have a little bit of a letdown, obviously coming off that huge win last week against uh, against Miami. But I think they still sneak out a close one in London. I think it's going to be 24 to 20. Bills will take down Jacksonville. But we'll move to an intriguing matchup of young teams as the so far young, impressive young quarterback, C.J. Stroud, and the Texans go into Atlanta to face the so far unimpressive young quarterback, Desmond Ritter, and the Atlanta Falcons. So, Lawrence, I'll go to you first on this one, man. Who you got? You got Atlanta or you got Houston? See, I think calling Desmond Ritter unimpressive is a bit harsh. You know, last week he played awfully. He threw what I think was his first couple of interceptions in the league in back-to-back plays. One of them returned to the house for six. Um, the Falcons were not impressive last week, but I don't put that necessarily on Ritter. You know, he's got pieces around him that aren't performing at a level that we probably expect. You know, I think the, the most, the, the least impressive player on the Falcons roster is obviously only Kyle Pitts. You know, what has he done since he came into the league? Probably not as much as people are expecting at that pick that he was taken at. Um, you know, I, I think the Texans, CJ Stroud is, is, probably a front runner for offensive rookie of the year. I don't know if it's close. Um, maybe Bijan, if he kind of actually starts to get get things going um, and, and reaches a ceiling. But right now the Texans are are hot. You know, they played really well, well against the Jags. Um, and, and the Falcons who started strong, falling off a little bit, you know, um, that's why the Texans winning this game. I think it's gonna be not as thrilling a matchup because I think neither teams really at a stage of being relevant right now um but it's going to be interesting to watch purely because it's a match between two very um similarly rated teams i think the texans win um i th- i think they win by by a touchdown i think the, the falcons defense has not done an awful lot um and, and they look pretty they look i'm not even gonna say flat against the jags they look like they didn't care they look like they didn't turn up to play uh, and I think you know the scoreline dictates that. Um, so I think the Texans win this because I think they just have, they just have more of a more of a fire to them. I don't know why I'm saying that. It just feels to me like they've got a lot of doubters to prove. CJ Stroud has a lot of critics coming out of the draft, and he's he's playing to kind of silence those critics, and he's playing really really well. He's playing at actually quite a high level for a rookie, uh, and he and he's carrying what is a Texans team that shouldn't be relevant to again being in a position where a playoff spot given how weak the AFC South is right now is not entirely out of the question which I thought a lot of us a lot of us thought it would be for the Texans yeah uh like you said before the season I didn't really you know I wasn't a huge believer in the Texans but I mean they've showed out so far this year they look like they've nailed nailed that coach and that quarterback and those are obviously two most important spots in football so Sammy I'm going to you man what you got Texans or Falcons I got the Texans but I want to point out something that Lawrence said real quick and I, and I didn't like what what um what Lawrence is alluding to here look you t- say the weapons are not impressive that is because of Desmond Ritter. Like, that's literally why. Like, what, what are we talking about here? He has Drake London, our first-round wide receiver, that we still don't know what he could be. And we have Kyle Pitts, who the Atlanta Falcons wasted a... Not wasted. Hopefully not wasted. A, I think it was sixth overall pick to draft fourth. the guy. A generational fourth overall pick. Ooh. Thank you, Matt. For 
a tight end, a generational tight end. Desmond Ritter is not utilizing them correctly. But guess what? The head coach is not letting him either because Kyle Pitts is quite frankly running decoy routes for Jonu Smith. I'm going to say that again for the kids at home. Crazy, dude. Kyle Pitts is running decoy routes for Jonu Smith. That makes no sense. And you want to talk about hot seat? Arthur Smith should be the head of it because there's no way you have this talented of a running game, this talented of a, a receivers. Look, Drake London, and I know Matt Collins isn't the greatest, but he actually had a really good year last year with Las Vegas. And you have a generational tight end in Kyle Pitts, a pretty solid offensive line, and you cannot have a competent offense. You don't. You decide not to draft a QB and stick with Desmond Ritter, who's now playing unimpressive. Give me a break. Give me a break with with all this. Give oh, give Desmond Ritter. A, you know, like, like he's still young. No, 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 no. The head coach has been bad. But Desmond Ritter isn't helping him either. Two things can be true at once. And and for the as for the Texans, they're going to win their third straight game. And D'Amico Ryan's right now should be one of the heads at being coach of the year because I'm pretty sure everybody thought that this Texans team was going to be lower on the spectrum in terms of AFC teams. They could end this year the division winners the way they're playing football right now. This defense is playing inspiring football. C.J. Stroud, I I'll, I'll say this: it's C.J. Stroud and it's Puka Nakua right yeah. here in terms of offensive rookie of the year cj straw has been that good averaging 300 passing yards a game three six touchdowns zero picks a rookie having zero picks through four weeks of the season that's actually kind of insane to me i don't know about you guys but re- regardless i have the texans winning this game i, I think they're, they're gonna win not convincingly um i do think it might be a bit of a battle uh because i do think the john robinson is special and i think they can they can they will be able to run against his Texans uh, defense. So, But give me the Texans either way. Yeah, like you said, uh, Sammy, first of all, as far as Rookie of the Year goes, I think if you had to vote right now, it would be Puka for sure. Like, just because what he's doing is historic. Like, the, the you know, the, the numbers he's putting up right now are just ridiculous. But as far as if you wanted to vote towards, like, for someone who's actually probably going to win the award, I would say it's C.J. Stroud, just because, you know, he's got he's a quarterback and they have better chances to win the award at the end of the year. But like you guys both mentioned, I love everything about Houston right now. I talked about it earlier. The coach and quarterback are obviously the two most important parts of your football team. They look like they've knocked it out of the park with both plus like you guys mentioned that defense is good if they're ninth best in the league against the past they're 11th best in points so again that's not like super special but they've both been very very good and atlanta's defense has been solid as well and atlanta will be able to run the rock with Bijan robinson but i'm gonna go with houston here it's gonna be lower scoring it's gonna be 21 to 13 houston but with that Let's move to Detroit. We got the 0-4 Panthers who have been struggling big time to protect Bryce Young facing off the 3-1 Detroit Lions and what look like, and what looks like to be a mismatch, obviously. So I'm guessing we could probably keep this one quick. Sammy, I'll go to you first on this one, man. Who you got? You got Lions or you got Detroit? Or you got uh, Lions I'm, or Panthers? I'm, I'm definitely going with the Lions here for sure. And, and I think that's without a doubt. But I do want to say this. We got to relax on everybody calling Bryce Young a bust just because his other two counterparts are are yeah. you know playing really really well this kind of reminds me of Tua Tagovailoa my favorite player who is in the shadow of of Joe Burrow and a Justin Herbert right now it was until it wasn't until his third year to where he really got his you know spark and he really got the the help he needed to become an elite quarterback in this league a great quarterback in this league I'll, I'll, I'll I don't want to use the term elite loosely 
But yeah, I do have the Lions winning this game. I think their their offensive line is is just gonna dominate, and the and the defensive lines has been very impressive this season too, even without with some pieces missing. So give me the Lions here. Yeah, like you said, the Lions have been really impressive, and I'm completely there with you. I still think Bryce Young is going to be the best quarterback in this class. They just got to surround him with a little more talent and and put a little bit around him because that offensive line and that weapon group is not good in Carolina. So Lawrence, I'm going to you, man. Who you got? You got Panthers or you got Lions? Yeah, I got the Lions. Um, I think we all kind of pretty much say the same thing here. I mean, the Bryce Bryce Young kind of criticisms aren't aren't fair at all. I mean, if you look at how much they gave up to go up and get him, you know, they gave away their number one receiver, uh, DJ Moore. Um, massive loss. They replaced him with Adam Thielen, who I think is a great receiver, but is not the same player, not the same kind of um, you know stage of their career either. Um, so, but it's also I, I you know. If you look at players like I mentioned earlier, Trevor Lawrence had a tough start to his first year. You know, Mac Jones looked like the best QB in draft class after year one. And then year two and year three, Trevor Lawrence has blown him out of the water. You know, I think Bryce Young is unsurprisingly going to have a really, really tough and probably really, really bad season. Uh, and, and the Panthers fans need to kind of, you know, get on board with that. You know, you trade away so much to go up and get him. Um so much talent around him as well so much draft capital he's going to be bad this year because he's a rookie and he's lost his what should have been his number one receiver you know what he's probably going to be bad next year as well um you know i think he's going to be in a bad panthers team next year i think he's going to struggle because i don't think he's got much help around him he's going to do what he can do and i think eventually you know when it's all said and done i think he will have earned you know the right to have been the number one picks i think like you both saying i think he is the best keeping that draft class cj stroud's obviously playing really well right now uh, and compared to him bryce young has done is done pretty poorly um but they're not walking into the same situation you know the texans got cj stroud and will anderson by being a bad team and making an aggressive move in the draft but they were always going to get at least one of them without having to give away stuff that the panthers had to give up stuff to go and get that guy um and, and and i think he he is their guy but i i i i see a tough couple of years ahead of the panthers um and i and i also see um them getting blown out by the lions today on sunday yeah i'm right there with you guys i think this is detroit easy for me i'm gonna go with obviously gonna go with detroit uh carol like we guys were talking about carolina just does not have the talent around bryce young right now i like bryce a lot but he needs something to work with adam thielen as your number one wide receiver it, again he's put up some good numbers but he's not he's not a number one receiver anymore he's more of a two or a three at this point of his career detroit's gotten really good on both sides of the ball detroit's gonna win this one it's not gonna be that close i got detroit winning it's gonna be 31 to 13. now Let's go to the AFC South, where I mentioned before, the whole division is 2-2. Two and two, So that means the 2-2 two and two Titans are going to go on the road to face the 2-2 two and two Colts. So, Lawrence, I'm kicking it right back to you, man. Who you got? You got Titans or you got Colts? I think this is a really interesting matchup. you got the Titans that have actually a surprisingly quite a good defense against the Colts that have actually a surprisingly relatively good offense. The flip side of that is the Titans' offense is god-awful. And the Colts' defense has also got awful. So I think this game could literally go either way. I think it's going to be more a case of who plays worse in the day rather than who plays better. <laughs> you know, it's an AFC South matchup. Both teams are 2-2. Two and two. Both teams are playing for relevancy and a playoff spot is because the South is so competitive. Um, but I just don't think either team have um, done enough to go into this game as a clear-cut favourite. If I'm picking right now, I'm picking the Colts. Um, because you need to put points on the board to win and they have the better offense. Um, 
but at the same time, you know, I, I can see the Titans who just destroyed the Bengals, I think it was last week, mm-hmm. um, doing the same to the Colts. It, it genuinely could go either way. Um, my gut's taking me to the Colts, but, you know, this is not a matchup I'm looking at as, you know, oh, these are two potential playoff teams. I think they're both still mid the playoffs. I think the Jags still win the South. Um, and, and I think I think that will be the end of it when it's all said and done. Um, so, so this week is probably, you know, kind of a it's not a nothing game because it's a divisional game and both teams are two and two um but i don't think either team are going to be competitive later down the line so it's going to be like i said who plays worse in the day is going to lose i think the colts win it because i think the titans offense is just that bad at the moment yeah, Titans offense, like you mentioned, I mean, it doesn't look good. Ryan Tannehill and, you know, Traylon Burks and D-Hop, and you're you're still relying on Derrick Henry to be Derrick Henry, and it just it hasn't worked for him so far. Obviously, it worked good enough to be 2-2, two and two, but, yeah, I'm not a huge believer in the Titans offense. Uh, Sammy, I'm going to you, man. Who you got? You got the Colts or you got the Titans? Oh, this, this game is just so depressing, in my opinion. And I know it's a divisional game, but it's like it just feels like two teams in the middle of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, but – Let's be light about this subject, right? You have Anthony Richardson going up against a defense that stifled the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Now, with that being said, that's not very impressive because it seems like every team has stifled the Bengals and Joe Burrow. But nonetheless, you have that to look forward to, Colts fans. Now, with that being said, I don't think I would have picked the Colts to win this game early in the season. But, I man... Man, I, I'm buying into AR5 the more I watch him, man. He he looks he looks special. And I'm, I'm I'll be the first one to say I was very skeptic of him, skeptical of him uh coming from draft night, but man, he he looks special right now. I think the defense has looked great as well. Give me the Colts here. I think the Colts are gonna take the Titans. And um, I know I picked the Titans to win be second in this division. Um, I'm still gonna stand by that, but I do think the Colts are going to win win this game. Um, not soundly. I think it's going to be a tough divisional matchup, defensive battle for sure. But I think the better quarterback right now is AR5. And give me the Colts. Yeah, without a doubt, I think the better quarterback is Anthony Richardson. Like you mentioned, uh, Sammy, he made a throw last week where he was he it was a jump throw. He was getting hit by Aaron Donald, and he threw it about 35 yards down the field on a dime to Alec Pierce. So That's the guy real, is a, he's a he's a freak of nature, dude. The guy is unbelievable. So obviously he's still very raw prospect, but he's showing more flashes of being more of a polished quarterback, and that's really, really good for Indianapolis. They might have a future superstar on their hands with Anthony Richardson. But I think Tennessee, as far as Tennessee goes, they're always going to stay competitive because of Rabel and Derrick Henry. Uh, but that Plus, the defense is pretty good at stopping the run. But like I mentioned, I love what I've seen from Anthony Richardson, both arm and legs. Plus, it looks like they might get Jonathan Taylor back this week. That'll add a whole new kind of home run running aspect to their, uh, to their offense. It'll add a whole new dimension, open up a lot more for Anthony Richardson. I I think the Colts are going to win a close AFC South battle here, uh, and it's going to be 23 to 17 Indy. But we're going to take our talents out to South Beach as the team who seems to have lost all of its talent, the scuffling New York Giants coming off a three-point Monday night football performance, allowing 10 sacks to Seattle, face off against Sammy's high-flying Miami Dolphins, who also had a dud last week, giving up 48 points to Buffalo and losing by four touchdowns. So I'm guessing we'd probably be pretty quick on this one again. So Sammy, I'm going to you, man. Who you got? You got your Miami Dolphins or you got the New York Giants? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the with the the Dolphins here for sure. I, I think this is a definitely a game to 
get back on the right track but we should not underestimate the giants by any means i mean they have an elite offensive tackle by evan neal who thinks he's he's better than everybody on earth who flips her hamburgers and flips hot dogs apparently evan neal anyway um yeah i think the dolphins i'm petty anyway i think the dolphins um are gonna win this game pretty soundly um Make no mistake, I think the Giants are in utter hell right now when it comes to like their situation. So I think the Dolphins, you know, I know they got blown out last week by the Bills. Um, but I do think they are, like I said the, last week, the cream of the crop of the AFC. So give me the give me the Dolphins here. Yeah, uh, like you said, the Giants situation is looking real bad. Uh, that Daniel Jones contract. I think everybody knew it as soon as he got it, but that does not look like a good contract at all right now. Uh, Lawrence, I'm going to you, man. We got you. Got the Giants. You got the Dolphins. I mean, they they Dolphins fans may claim that they're the cream of the crop of the AFC. Um, last week showed they weren't, and they still aren't. Um, but the Giants are probably one of the most, if not the most, underwhelming teams of the season. You know, they've been really hard to watch as a football team goes. Um, the Dolphins on the other side have been so entertaining to watch purely because of that offensive potential. I mean, the number one offense in the league in both passing and rushing. Um, the, the, their only issue is that they're, they're essentially useless in defense they got a 25th ranked defense in the league that's what's holding them back uh and that was you know their issue against the bills it's not that they couldn't score points against what is a good bills defense is that they just conceded more than what they scored um I, the dolphins are going to win this game let's let's be entirely honest the giants um have a really bad offense they, they can't keep daniel jones standing up right I'm, I'm not even going to say Daniel Jones is playing badly. He's just playing most of the snaps vertic uh, horizontally rather than vertically, which is kind of hard to play quarterback when you're in that position. Um, I think Evan Neal needs to to keep, kind of keep his mouth shut a little bit. You know, everyone's seen the play of him blocking his own teammate at, at right tackle rather than blocking the the linebacker flying straight through the B gap at, at Daniel Jones. Um, but, you know, if the Giants are going to look even remotely close to their potential this season, it's going to be against the Dolphins' defence. Um, they've got a great opportunity to try and start getting some things to, to, to kind of click as an offensive unit. It's not going to be enough to win the game. I, I think this game is a no contest. Um, but, you know, against what is quite an underwhelming, actually, quite frankly, a bad Dolphins' defence, the Giants might have a decent opportunity they're going to get some things going. Um, they're going to spend a lot of time um, on the field because the, the Miami are going to blow the top off that defense with Tyreek and Waddle and now Chase Claypool. Um, so I think that Daniel Jones is going to have a lot of reps and he's going to have a lot of shooting to pass and they're going to have a great opportunity to kind of work things out. They definitely lose the game. Um, but I think it's exactly what the Giants need to kind of start getting things right coming up against a bad defense and having lots of opportunities to throw the ball and run the ball they should go into this game like you know accept the loss scoreline doesn't matter let's just try and get back on the track yeah like you said uh it's uh, i don't see the giants uh winning this game they look awful uh, miami's obviously going to be motivated coming off that big loss they're after they're the giants are going to be in that heat uh that south beach heat 
that we talked about a couple weeks ago in Miami. Uh, I think we see a lot of Giants cramping and they get run off the field to a certain degree. Uh, I would, I think it might be a little bit closer than people think it's going to be uh, because Saquon looks like he's going to be back for the Giants and that offense is completely different when Saquon's in there as opposed to when he's not. But I would say Dolphins 34-23, uh, it's, it's not going to be too good. Uh, too good for the Giants in this one. But we're going to go to what I'm calling uh, the Battle of Mid as the New Orleans Saints go to New England to face the Patriots in another battle of struggling offenses. So, Lawrence, I'm going to go to you first on this one, man. Uh, who wins, New Orleans or New England? Um, I, I hate it when the Patriots and the Saints play um, because, you know, I want to see both teams succeed, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Patriots. Um, all-time bad showing last weekend. Genuinely, I, I never normally click off a Patriots game uh, until it's done, but I, I, I was sick of watching that. It was it was a really hard game to watch. Um, and I think they come against the Saints um, statistically better in, in, in most categories, and they need to win the game. I think that's the most important part of what we're going to talk about right now. The Patriots need to win this game to stay on track. They lost Gonzalez. They've lost Judon. They've brought in JC Jackson. Um, off the charges, they need to win the game. It's that simple. Bill knows they need to win the game. They need to silence the critics. Mac Jones is going to be so up for it. I think it's going to be a really close game. I think these are both teams in a similar kind of you know cycle right now. Um, but I think the Patriots edge it purely because they have to. And Bill's going to have them ready um, in all three phases of the game. Mac Jones is is going to be so motivated to get the win um, but it's, it's going to be probably one of the most entertaining games to watch the season at least for me yeah uh, I don't agree with you as far as entertaining games go uh, I am very much so dreading watching this football game I don't think it's going to be a fun watch at all because these offenses are disgusting right now but I'm going to move to Sammy who you got you got the Saints or you got the Patriots man I don't know why the Patriots really need to win this game it's not like they're going to like have any kind of aspirations or whatever in the playoffs so I don't know why they need to win this game. They're missing Christian Gonzalez. They're missing Matthew Judon. Look, the Patriots, I just think the Saints right now are just too disorganized as a team. And I think Mac Jones, like you said, Lawrence, he he's up for the task. And I think he's going to get some offense going down as long as the receivers get separation. So... Let, let me let me just let me just go ahead and say I think the Patriots are going to win this game. I think Belichick is going to have a good game plan against the Saints because any game plan is good against this Saints offense. And uh, give me the give me the Patriots here, but I don't think the Patriots really have anywhere to go after nearly every defensive player is literally out for this season, respectfully. Uh Every every single corner. That's why we had to trade for J.C. Jackson. It's every single one of our good corners is out. It's horrible. I am so I'm like so not excited to watch any and all Pats games the rest of the year. They've they've got the hardest schedule in football this year. The defenses to start this year have been very good. Uh, the the defenses, the Patriots offenses, the offense has been facing. I've been very good. Obviously Philly in Week One, Miami not great in Week Two, but then the Jets, Dallas, and now New Orleans. All three of those teams have really good defenses. It's going to be another disgusting low scoring game the Patriots have the third worst offense in football and points per game it's not going to be fun to watch it's going to be disgusting because we got Mac who's mid at best at, at best mid and Derek Carr who's probably also mid and banged up I really hope that we lose at this point because this team has literally no upside like they're like Sammy was saying, what are we possibly going to do to to make the playoffs? Or what are we going to do if we even make the playoffs? We're going to lose in the first round by four touchdowns, by five touchdowns like we did against Buffalo a couple years ago. 
And I want to hire draft pick because we need massive changes to become a Super Bowl contender again. But unfortunately, we're going to win this game even without our entire cornerback room and Matthew Judon, 19 to 17 in Foxborough. And speaking of struggling offenses, the Pittsburgh Steelers and a banged up Kenny Pickett come off a horrendous six point performance versus Houston and host the Ravens who are coming off a dominating win in Cleveland in the classic AFC North matchup, uh, AFC North rivalry. In my opinion, this is the best rivalry in football. So Sammy, I'm going to you, my friend, who you got, you got the Ravens or you got the Steelers. Well, I think it's going to be a tight game simply because of rivalry purposes and also because I think both offenses have been kind of underwhelming for sure. I think Lamar Jackson is still pretty, pretty good. Of course, he is the offense in in Baltimore for sure. As for the offense in Pittsburgh, I just don't know what else to say anymore other than Matt Canada's offensive coordinator. So I don't I'm I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to go more deep into it because you guys already know what's going on here give me the ravens here i think defensively they'll be able to stifle the steelers because matt canada and i think lamar jackson is definitely going to have his way against his pittsburgh steelers defense so long as the offensive line protects him from jj watt and alex heisman yeah, like you said, that's going to be a really important part for the Ravens, obviously being able to keep Lamar upright, especially we, you know, with them being limited in the backfield as far as their, you know, a bunch of their running backs have gone down. And then their receiver room's also banged up as well. So that's going to be really important for the Ravens offensive line. Lawrence, I'm going to you, man. What you got? You got Steelers or you got Ravens? Uh, Ravens, I actually don't think it's going to be close. Lamar Jackson is leading a Ravens team that is fifth in rushing in the league uh, against a Steelers defense that is um, not good, 28th in the league, um, which is unusual for the Steelers because they normally are very good that side of the ball under Mike Tomlin. Um, I, I think we're starting to see what the, the Steelers play, a, a brand of football which which might bring Mike Tomlin's first uh, losing season. Uh, they're not playing good in kind of any aspect of the game. Uh, the Ravens are playing well. They've got a top three defense as well. Um, Lamar Jackson says Lamar Jackson Kenny Pickett's banged up um, I, I don't think it's close AFC North matchup rivalry matchup one of the best in the league like you said if not the best um, and it, as we all know anything can happen in these kind of games Steelers might wake up and you know smack Baltimore in the mouth and run away with it but if I'm a betting man I'm putting everything on the Ravens to win and, and win by multiple scores yeah, listen, so Lawrence, this first part of what I'm going to say is for you. Uh, for anyone expecting a blowout, think again. The last six matchups between these two have been decided by five points or less, and eight of the last nine have been decided by a score or less. And of the last six matchups, the Steelers are five and one. Also, Lamar has only beat the Steelers once in his entire career. And like you said, Lawrence, as we know, in rivalry games, anything can happen. Obviously, everything has gone wrong for Pittsburgh. They look horrible offensively. I saw the Tuesday episode. The Tuesday crew was shitting on them for good reason. But you want to know something crazy? Check the AFC North standings. If Pittsburgh somehow wins this game, they have the tiebreak over Baltimore at the moment and will be first in the AFC North, and they will be 2-0 in the division. So for as awful as they have been, I'm going rivalry game, upset, Steelers 20, Ravens 19. But let's go to the desert, and it's another struggling AFC North offense with a banged-up quarterback as the 1-3 Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow look to finally get back on track with a surprisingly competitive Arizona Cardinals team. So, Lawrence, I'm going to you, man. Who you got? You got Bengals or you got Cardinals? I mean, 
if you'd asked me before the season, I would have put the Bengals hand down, right? I mean, I don't know what's going on in Cincinnati. Like this is this is this is awful. I mean, you know, I had them as a top four team starting the season, and they are playing really, really bad football. And they haven't lost all too many pieces, so I actually don't know how the wheels have fallen off this quickly. They've had two good seasons, and then they've gone back to the Bengals of old. Um, I'm, I'm going to say I, the, the Cardinals are playing better football right now, but the Bengals have the higher upside as a team. They do. They have the better quarterback. They have Jamar Chase. Uh, T. Higgins is banged up. Um, so I'm going to take the Bengals to win. Uh, but the Cardinals beat the Cowboys. They've they played better football than anyone expected them to. They're both 1-3. Um, so I, I'm going to put the Bengals purely because I think they get their stuff sorted. They get their shit sorted eventually. Um, last week was awful uh, against the Titans. I had the Bengals winning that and, and sorting their shit out that week as well. Um, second time's a charm. If not, I might, might pick someone else against the Bengals next week. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Bengals this week because I, I'm not ready to give up and give up on them yet. And I still think the Cardinals are a really bad team, at least yeah. roster-wise. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it's hard to give up on the Bengals just because you look at the players on that team. But it's also not hard to give up on the Bengals because you look at how the football they've been playing the first four weeks of the season, and it's been horrible. So, Sammy, I'm going to you, man. Who you got? You got the Bengals. You got the Cardinals. Joe Burrow is still injured. This offensive line is still bad. He's not throwing the ball down the field. And if he is, he's missing completely. You guys are going to be shocked. I'm not going to. The Cardinals are going to win this game. You guys can't possibly see this offense in the way it's operating and expect it to be solved overnight. It can't. They cannot move the ball down the field. Joe Burrow is playing like the worst quarterback in the league right now. Okay. You guys have to understand that. And it's because of his injury. No, no amount of weapons is saving this offense. No amount of weapons is saving this offensive line. Look, the Cardinal, the, the Bengals need a reality check. They need something to wake them up and say, you know what, Joe Burrow, we got to sit you and wait till you're healthy. This is going to be the game that happens. The Cardinals are going to win this game. And finally, my pick to go to the Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals can finally learn to rest Joe Burrow when they need to rest Joe Burrow. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, it's listen, Lawrence, you you said it at the very start of your uh at the very start of your uh, uh when you went. Uh if you would have told me before the season I would say what I'm about to say about these two teams, I would have told you to take me to rehab because my drinking has got out of control again. Uh the Cardinals are a better football team right now. The Bengals are in absolute shambles. If you're picking the Bengals right now, it's all hope. They've literally showed you absolutely nothing. No signs of turning it around. Like Sammy said, Hurt Burrow has been the worst quarterback in football this year. And again, if before the year you would have told me I'm about to pick who I'm about to pick in this game, I would have called you a liar. Give me Arizona at home. I think they win 24-23 over Cincinnati. And like Sammy mentioned, this is just an absolute disaster for the Cincinnati Bengals the first five games of the year. And they got to seriously consider sitting Joe Burrow because they're not doing him any good right now. They're only hurting him at this point. Uh, It's not looking good in Cincinnati. But with that, we'll go to an interesting NFC matchup in L.A. as the last two NFC champs face off. It's the 4-0 Philadelphia Eagles going up against the 2-2 L.A. Rams who look to get Cooper Cup off of IR this week as well. So, Sammy, I'm going to you, man. Who you got? You got Philadelphia or you got the Rams? 
Man, I cannot wait to see Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. That dude is going to be so good, bro. It's going to be so... I'm so excited. You guys don't understand. This is like one of those like... Like, I didn't know I even wanted this. Like, I didn't even know who Puka Nakua was at one point. And now I see him. I watch the tape. I'm like, yo, imagine this guy next to Cooper Cup. What the damage is going to be. With that being said, unfortunately, it's not going to result to a win. I'm excited to see it happen. But I think the Eagles right now, I think their run game is going to have their way again. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be able to throw against a secondary that's not very experienced. This Eagles offensive line, if there's any offensive line that can contain Aaron Donald, I think this is the offensive line to do it. I want to see that. I want to see Puka and Cooper Cup do well. And I think they will do well. I think this is going to be a shootout. But I do have the Eagles coming out on top yeah this is I think this is a very very good game I think this is going to be a good game especially because we see how Philly plays on the road often it, a lot of their games are pretty close I think this is going to be a really good one to watch uh Lawrence I'm going to you man who you got you got the Rams you got the Eagles I mean we talked a lot about some of the best matchups of the week and actually this has got to be up there right I mean it's the Eagles four and over versus the two and two Rams I think the Eagles win this but I think it's gonna be a really close game um, I'm not going to be stunned if the Rams come away with it. Um, I think the Rams are playing very good right now. Um, if they get Cooper Cup back and he's even um, a shadow of what he was when he won the Triple Crown and Puka keeps playing at the level he's playing at, they're going to be really hard to kind of contend with. The Eagles have the help in the secondary to kind of contain them, um, but this game is going to be decided on the ground. Can the Rams stop the run? If they can... They're going to be in the game and they probably could come away with a win. If they can't stop the Eagles rushing offense, I think the game gets away from them. I think it's that simple. So give me the Eagles. I don't think the Rams get it done, but this is going to be a great game to watch. So for me, obviously, I think this is a low-key important game for Philadelphia. Uh, as after the Jets game next week, uh, their schedule week 7 through 15 looks like this. So week seven, they're home to Miami. Then week eight, they're at Washington, who just gave them hell. Week nine, they're home against Dallas. Then they have a bye in week 10. Week 11, it's at Kansas City. Week 12, it's home versus Buffalo. Week 13, it's home versus San Francisco. Week 14, it's at Dallas. And week 15, it's at Seattle. So you could argue that's the three best teams in the AFC that they're playing and the three best teams in the NFC that they're playing. I'd obviously throw Baltimore in that mix in the AFC and Detroit in that mix in the NFC as well. But that schedule is brutal. So I think it's important for them to start 6-0 with wins this week and next week. It'll be tough too. We've seen that Philadelphia secondary get exposed a few times. Now Stafford, Puka, and a healthy Cooper Cup are coming to town. That's a recipe to get lit up. I'm going another upset. Give me the Rams. I think they take this one 27-23. But... Let's go to Denver, where a couple of overall disappointing teams coming off some very positive performances face off as Zach Wilson and the Jets offense look to finally be competent against Kansas City. And they'll face Russell Wilson and the Broncos, who came back from a three-touchdown deficit versus the Bears to get their first win. Lawrence, I'm going right back to you, man. What you got? You got Denver, you got the Jets. Well, everyone likes to think the games that don't matter aren't interesting, but I said it last week, Denver Bears was going to be a great game to watch. Not because they're good for game football teams, but because it's just going to be fireworks. And we got that. Um, you know, Denver obviously came from behind to win that, which is really cool, good to see for them. The Jets played the best football they've played all season against the Chiefs team. Um, Zach Wilson looked like the real deal, although he's obviously not. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the, the I think the Broncos, I think the Broncos win this. You know, the, the Jets' defense is good. 
Um, but Russell Wilson is, is not exactly playing bad football right now. Oh, no. um, so I, I think they're up for the task. I think the Broncos win this. I think it's a, actually going to be a relatively low-scoring game. I just think Zach Wilson plays Zach Wilson football, which means he throws three interceptions or something along those lines. And I think they, they, they lose. I think the, the defense is a good job. I think I don't think either team surpasses twenty points, uh, but I think the Broncos Broncos score more. Yeah, uh, like you mentioned, I think Zach Wilson will probably have a better game than that, just because this Broncos defense is just so terrible. Like they're just awful. So I would guess that he probably doesn't throw three picks, but I wouldn't be surprised if he reverts back to being Zach Wilson as opposed to what he was uh, most of that Kansas City game, which was uh, a quarterback that looks like he has promise. Uh, Sammy, I'm going to you, man. Who you got? You got the Jets or you got the Broncos? I mean, we are in the midst of a Zach Wilson illusion, as I like to call it, because quite frankly, everybody's going to think Zach Wilson's going to be a great, good quarterback after this week. I think the Jets are going to win this game. I think Zach Wilson's going to perform well. And what the media is going to try to do is say, hey, maybe this guy can actually play as if we haven't seen enough. But it's it is what it is. We're going to have to let play out like we always do here at House Call. We let things play out. Zach Wilson will go back to what he usually is, but I do think that this Broncos defense is still so bad. I still think the Jets, and I think the Jets with Garrett Wilson, they got the skill positions down. At Brees Hall is going to get more touches. The defense, I think, is going to cause fits for Russell Wilson. I think the Jets win this game convincingly, and I think there's a lot of people who are going to think the Jets are a great team when they're actually not. Give me the Jets here. Yeah, listen. So Lawrence, you talked about how you 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 know you're kind of intrigued on some of these you know games that are, might be you know two bad teams. How it might actually be a good game, and you might be right on this. Maybe it's a good game, but I personally don't care about this game at all. Uh, this is disgusting football. Even the Hackett Sean Payton revenge storyline does not intrigue me. Again, I'm with you guys. I'm not buying the Zach Wilson redemption arc at all. Uh, however, Brees Hall no longer has a touch counter on him, and he's an absolute monster. So I think he has a huge game here. He's going to carry the Jets to a 23 to 13 victory over Denver. But it's time to move to the Midwest. We got a couple of high flying offenses that are going to face off. It is the one in three Minnesota Vikings hosting the defending champ. That's the three and one Kansas City Chiefs. Sammy, I'm kicking it right back to you, man. Who you got? You got the Chiefs or you got the Vikings? I think it's important the Chiefs get back to their offensive ways, their, their Chiefs offensive ways. And I, and I think it's good to go up against a Vikings defense that isn't very good. So I, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Not handily, though. I think the, the, the Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson connection will make an appearance. And I think we're going to see a big game from Justin Jefferson. I don't think a single corner in the league, let alone on the Kansas City Chiefs, can touch Justin Jefferson. So I think Justin Jefferson is going to have a big game. I'm talking like 200 yards receiving big game, like two touchdowns big game. Um, I think Kirk Cousins has a great stat line. I think it's going to be an entertaining game to watch, but I do think the Chiefs, they get the important defensive stop that they need to, like they always do. And Patrick Mahomes is going to do what he always does and make winning plays. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, this looks to be an entertaining football game. Obviously, like you mentioned, the star power in this game is real. Uh, obviously, Justin Jefferson, you got Patrick Mahomes on the other side. This should be an entertaining football game. Uh, Lawrence, I'm going to you, man. What you got? You got the Chiefs or you got the Vikings? Uh, I've got the Chiefs winning. Um, but I think this game is going to be nothing but fireworks. I, I think this is going to be a really high-scoring game. 
purely because I think the Vikings' defense is really, really quite bad. Um, and, and to be honest, the Chiefs' defense looked looked really bad again. I mean, the Chiefs' defense made Zach Wilson look good. If that doesn't tell you all you need to know about how they played last week, I don't know what else does. So I think um, Justin Jefferson has a massive game. Kirk Cousins, who is having actually a very good season, continues that form. They got the win they needed last week. They couldn't start the season 0-4. They start the season 1-3. Not ideal for them. They will have playoff aspirations. Um, they're going to come into this game knowing it's an uphill battle. Are they up for it? In in theory, yes, they could win this game. Um, I think the Chiefs win it because I think the Chiefs are a top four team in the league. Uh, the Vikings aren't there um, anywhere near that. Um, but I think it's going to be a, like a really, really high-scoring game. I think both both teams are going to get on the board a lot. I think both defenses are going to do essentially nothing the whole game until the final quarters where, um, like we just said, I think the Chiefs get a stop that they need to kind of end the game. Um, they'll clutch up, they'll win by a, by a score, maybe less, um, but I think it's going to be a game dominated by offense. Yeah, so I'm going to agree with both of you on the pick. I've obviously got the Chiefs here, but I'm going to disagree with both of you as far as how this game plays out. Uh, first of all, I'm picking the Chiefs if for no other reason than the Vikings are going to find a way to lose. It seems like the Vikings, for as long as their franchise has existed, they find a way to lose in important games. Uh, plus, <laughs> listen, Lawrence, you talked about it last week with the Jets. Their, or their defense did not look good. I think that I think the reason their defense didn't look good is because sometimes the Chiefs just like play with their food. Like they just don't take teams all that seriously. They just kind of like mess around for a little while and then eventually they put them away. I think that's what happened last week. You look at the first three weeks for that Chiefs defense, they were allowing 11 points per game for some pretty good offenses. They had Trevor Lawrence, they had the Lions, and they had obviously Justin Fields and the Bears who have looked way better since they played the Chiefs. So I think this week, uh, I, I think they're going to make a statement on the turf in Minnesota. I'm not with you guys. I don't think this game's going to be close at all. I think the Chiefs are going to put up a lot of points and I don't think the Vikings are going to put up very many points at all. I think it's a blowout. Mm. Kansas City, 35 five to 13 this one's going to be ugly in oh, minnesota wow. in my okay, opinion uh because yeah. i don't think i don't think minnesota is going to be able to get it going against that chief's defense but let's do it sunday night football the game of the week arguably the two best teams in the nfc that's cowboys versus niners so i'm going to you lawrence who you got you got cowboys or you got niners i think unsurprisingly here i'm taking the 49ers um I dislike the Cowboys. I dislike them even more after they um, took a dump on the Patriots last weekend. Um, I think the 49ers are the best team, not in the NFC, but in the league right now. Um, and I, I think that's that's not exactly an overreaction. I, I think they're 4-0 for a reason. Yes, so are the, the Eagles. Um, but the, the 49ers just seem so much more formidable to me. Um, the Cowboys... For me, this this is a massive game for them. Not because they have to win it, but because the Cowboys are a team that people love to hate. Use me as an example. I love to hate the Cowboys. And I think a lot of people want them to lose this game. But the Cowboys, if they want to be relevant in the league, need to beat teams like 40, the San Fran, not teams like the Patriots um, that aren't realistically going to be a threat maybe even to make the playoffs, yet alone in the postseason. The 49ers are in the same um, conference. They need to beat the 49ers at least once in a season. Uh, and if they get if they get blown out now or in Sunday, um, I think that's a damning kind of 
you know, comment on what the Cowboys football is. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. You know, up there, one of the best matches of the week. Must watch football. Um, I think the 49ers come away with a win, but I think it's I think it's close. I think it's actually quite really quite close. Um, I think it's going to be within a score, but I think the 49ers edge it. Yeah, these are, like you mentioned, these are, you could argue these are the two most talented football teams in the league on both sides of the ball. Obviously, the Niners' talent speaks for itself. And then you look at the Cowboys' roster top to bottom, it stacks up right there with just about anybody else in football. So this is going to be an extremely, extremely good football game. Sammy, I'm going to you, man. Who you got? You got the Niners or you got the Cowboys? I don't think the Cowboys have faced enough teams that have exposed uh, the defense and I think this is going to be the team that does it. And they have the exact, the perfect pieces, the perfect system to do it, including one of my favorites to win MVP, CMC, Christian McCaffrey. So I think McCaffrey has a big game. Look, if the Cardinals are able to run all over the Cowboys, I can't imagine what the heck the, the Niners are going to be able to do to this team. So I, look, the, who, have the, who have the Cowboys face? Like the... The, the Giants, a team that can't really run the football because the offensive line is trash. The Patriots, a team that can't run the football because they don't have backs that are athletic enough to run the football. And and then now you have and now you're facing a complete jump and you're facing the Niners. So I think that's a significant jump. And I don't think the Cowboys do anything special offensively to really move the Niners on the defensive end. So on when you put those two things together. I think you get a comfortable win for for the Niners. And I don't think you really like and of course it might be a close game because there's a rivalry tension within that. But I'm looking at it from what kind of personnel do the Niners have and what kind of personnel do the the Cowboys have? And right now, the Cowboys defensive personnel was exposed against Arizona and they have not faced a team. And, and the, the team of Arizona is not supposed to be talented enough to expose that kind of personnel. Well, guess what? They did it, and now they're facing a team with elite personnel. Give me the Niners here comfortably on Sunday Night Football. I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed. Yeah, uh, I'm going to agree with both you guys. Uh, I'm going to take the Niners in this game. You look at the schedules that both of these teams have had uh, so far. Sammy, you mentioned it, uh, especially with Dallas. But San Francisco's schedule has been pretty light, too. Dallas had the Giants, the Jets, Arizona, and the Patriots. San Francisco's had the Steelers, the Rams, the Giants, and Arizona. So, obviously, the the the, the Niners' schedule has been a little more tough with the Steelers and the Rams. But, I mean, theirs hasn't been anything to, 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 to you know write home about either. So, this is going to be each team's first real test of the season for me. It's going to take a win here for me to believe in the Cowboys. Uh, I, I just have a thing with the Cowboys. You just see it every year, and they have a talented team, and it never seems to pan out. So it's going to take a win here for me to believe in them. I'd say both teams have very talented rosters. I think the Niners are more talented offensively, and I would argue the Niners are more talented defensively, especially now as well with the Cowboys losing Trayvon Diggs. And listen, I'm a big – I mentioned it earlier with the Texans. I'm a big coach quarterback guy. I think Dak – is average at best. I am not a Dak Prescott believer, and I feel the exact same way for Mike McCarthy. Shanahan is obviously better than McCarthy, and I know it's a small sample size, and I know Sammy is very skeptical about this man, but as of now, I trust Brock Purdy more than I trust Dak Prescott. He's played one year, and he has the same amount of playoff wins as Dak. He literally has not lost in the regular season. And they've got that offense, like you mentioned, Sammy, they've got it rolling with Christian McCaffrey scoring a touchdown in literally every single week that he's played as a San Francisco 49er pretty much. So I think the Cowboys put up a fight because they are a good team. But 
Give me San Fran in San Fran. It's going to be 23 to 20 San Francisco. Now, let's go to Monday Night Football, the very last game in the, of the week where what happens in Vegas will actually be broadcast to the entire world as the 2-2 two and two Packers are on the road facing off against the 1-3 and three Las Vegas Raiders. So, who wins? I'm going to you, Sammy. Who wins, Packers or Raiders? Um, Watch out for Max Crosby in this game. David Bakhtiari is officially out for the season, and Max Crosby might actually have a field day. Um, he alone. So, But with that being said, I think, I think the Packers need a win against this Raiders team that really isn't impressive with Jimmy G I'm assuming not playing since he's still in concussion protocol. Um, I, I, I do think, I do think the Packers need this win. I think defensively the run game needs to be, the run defense needs to be better. And I think against an offensive line last, like Las Vegas, I think they can get back on track. I'm a, I am a big believer in Josh Jacobs, but I don't, I'm not a big believer in this offensive line and Jordan love. Look, at the end of the day, I think Jordan Love can be a good quarterback for the Packers. Don't let the Lions game fool you. He had a terrible game. He did. But in reality, I, I think that game is not is not a symbol of what Jordan Love is as a player. He's had a pretty solid couple of games to start off his career. I think he bounces back against the Raiders. And I think the Packers win this game. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be an underrated good football game, actually. I, I I like this matchup for Monday Night Football just because you got a lot of really talented guys on the field, uh, especially with, you know, Devontae Adams on one side. Uh, Devontae Adams' revenge game, by the way, uh, Raiders and, and, and Packers here. Uh, Lawrence, I'm going to you, man. What you got? You got Packers or you got Raiders? Ooh, give me the Raiders. Give me the Raiders. I will die on the mountain that says the Raiders play better football than their records just or at least are capable of the, the better football than their records just um i our last i saw jimmy g is is trending towards playing um and i think if they do get him back i, I think um it's definitely going to be raiders favorite here jordan love played awfully against the lions defense but the raiders defense is not the same but like you said um david bakatiari one of the best tackles in the league for, for for a number of years now out of the season that's a huge loss especially when you've got what is essentially for all intents and purposes a rookie qb a rookie is in a sense of a qb who's starting his first season yeah he's been in the league for a while but he hasn't had much of a m much experience uh, I, I think max crosby gets after him i think he really forces him into some struggles and i think the Raiders come away with a win. I mean, these are both, again, much like the Titans-Colts games, both teams that are going to be irrelevant for this season. It's not exactly a, a must-watch kind of game, but I think the Raiders edge it. Um, I don't, I ultimately, I don't think it really matters who wins. I think both of them <laughs> are, are pretty, you know, not going to do anything. It doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I'm riding with the Raiders, so... Um, at least put me down for the Raiders winning. But other than that, other than uh, the, the wins, losses in the house call, run your, run your pool, it doesn't really matter outside of that. Um, so, yeah. 
I would disagree with you a little bit. I think it matters more for the Packers. I think the Packers are a team that could potentially sneak into one of the maybe that last playoff spot in the in the uh, in the NFC. Just because the NFC is so weak, there's not a lot of great teams in the NFC. I mean, you're you're kind of fighting over some really really mid teams in the NFC as far as who's going to get that last playoff spot. Uh, for the Raiders, this game doesn't matter at all because they're not good. Uh, this game only matters for them is to determine how quickly Josh McDaniels gets fired uh, because he's going to get fired here at some point and some point soon because he is not a good head football coach and everybody nope. already knew that before he went to the Raiders and now it's been confirmed again. So, uh, but for the Packers, I've liked what I've seen from Jordan Love. He's, he's made some throws. He's made some plays, especially with a banged up offensive line. Not a lot of weapons. He's developed a solid connection with Romeo Dobbs. Obviously they got Christian Watson back last week as well. So I expect him to get more involved, but they haven't put up many yards, especially on the ground. They're only averaging 74 yards per game. That's third worst in football. Hopefully they can get Aaron Jones more involved and establish the run a little bit more. Uh, Raiders, Jimmy G is going to be back, but he's been bad uh, while he's been in there. He's tied for the league, league and I and he obviously missed last week uh, as far as uh, as far as the game last week goes. And the offense is bad right now for the Raiders. They're averaging 15.5 points per game. That is tied for fourth worst in football. The Packers defense hasn't exactly been great, uh, especially against the run. So I think Jacobs is going to have a big game here. But I do not believe in the Raiders at all, even in the Devontae Adams revenge game, like I mentioned. So give me the Packers here. I'm taking Packers 27 to 24. But that's going to wrap up our episode for this week. Obviously, we got a ton of great games on the slate. There's going to be a ton of great games to watch here in the NFL. There always is. There's going to be some upsets. There's going to be some great storylines. And we're here to see it. And we'll be here to break it down next week. And that's going to be it for us today on the House Call Sports Gridiron segment. Thank you guys so much for watching. Again, thank you to Lids for sponsoring this video. Shout out to the rest of our sponsors. That's Coffee Grows, Vivid Seats, SportMemorabilia.com, Pillow Fight, Fubo TV, and more. If you want to check out any or all of our sponsors, the links are going to be in the description. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe as well. We appreciate all your feedback. Give us your game picks down below in the comments and be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms as well. That is at the House Call Sports Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter. We've got threads up. We've got merch. You can meet our crew. We've got blogs up. The last three things are all on our website. Our website is www.thehousecall.com and that's going to be it for us. Peace. So I have to say, I'm not actually all that surprised at the Commanders. We have to remember last year, who was the team that stopped the undefeated Eagles? It was the Commanders. 